0: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Epic Men Radio. I'm Tom Terwilliger, and we got a slightly different format for you today because Travis and I are in the studio together, side by side, and we're going to share with you some insights today from both our experiences. We're going to talk about the path because you know what happens to a lot of guys, and guys, maybe you're experiencing this in your own life. What happens to men when the path suddenly changes or disappears Halfway through the game, how do we find a way back to that path? Or how do we find a new path to the journey and ultimately to where we want to be in our lives? We're going to answer those questions this episode of Epic Men Radio.
1: Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. That's what we're All right, guys, so welcome to this episode of Epic Manor Radio. As Tom mentioned, this is Travis Greenlee and a new format for us. We're super excited about this. As you know, up to this point, it's been sort of Tommy doing his thing, me doing my thing, doing individual interviews, but we've had the opportunity now to come together and just to hang out a bit and to talk about some really, really important topics that I think are affecting so many of us and preventing us really from being able to move forward and to be able to create the lives and the businesses that we truly love. Tommy, how are you, my friend?
0: I am good, man. It is awesome to be with you here in the studio and just kind of like sharing this because, and this is something interesting because uh, you and I have, you know, when we first started the podcast, this is sort of the format we wanted to take and we kind of went off in a different direction and now we're getting so much feedback from everybody that we kind of want to hear us together sharing our mutual insights and experiences on a particular subject. And awesome. That's exactly what we're going to
1: do, man. I'm psyched about it, brother. Me too, bro. And just to bounce the energy back and forth. And I, I got to tell you, I am so excited to hear about your story today. And I know we've talked a little bit about that in some of the previous episodes of the podcast, but you know, in terms of your background and where you came from, you know, the, the, really the thought of today's episode or really the format is the path you know helping us to really get clear about the correct path and the type of path that that we really want to be on and man i know you have had a crazy one over the years <laughs> ups and the downs and i mean you know, almost being killed, you know, I mean, a really scary, scary stuff. So let's start a little bit about that, man. Let's kind of backtrack just a bit and maybe share a little bit about your story. I'll share a little bit about mine, really what's brought us up to this point in terms of creating Epimen and and creating this movement. And then let's talk a little bit about, you know, what guys can do to begin to, you know, to move past that fog, to be able to Mm. get that clear head and be able to get that clarity that's just so critical and to be able to move our businesses as well as our lives forward. So, Tommy, tell us a little bit again, if you will, about, you know, growing up, man. I mean, it's sort of like growing up on the, uh, not necessarily the wrong side of the tracks, but certainly (laughs) a very interesting side of the tracks, right? Well, actually, I was on the wrong side of the track.
0: (laughs) I mean, actually physically. But, you know, I just, you know, before I share some of that, I wanted to just kind of, uh, you know because what i want to do is want we, we both want to share our experiences in exactly what Travis was mentioning which was the path which is the path and guys maybe you're on the path maybe you're on your specific path you found it but you know we're going to make some some distinctions a little bit between the mission the purpose and the path because you can have a mission you can have a purpose but you could still be on the wrong path and there may be many paths to lead you to an ultimate or desired outcome. You know, sometimes we have a lot of different paths in life. And and for me, you know, certainly early on, as Travis mentioned, I was on the wrong path. Yeah. And 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 if you think back in your history, guys, you know, when we were younger, we sort of created these blueprints, you might say. I mean, we all did it. Nobody came out of the freaking womb knowing how to do love, knowing how to do money, knowing how to do their body, knowing how to do whatever it might be in their life in terms of in terms of moral behavior, and certainly not growth behavior. And and so we were given these blueprints. We downloaded them loaded them, you might say, based on what we were seeing, what we were experiencing, what we were hearing, primarily in the household and certainly in our immediate community. And for me, you know, I what I downloaded was disempowering. Sometimes we can download blueprints that are really empowering. They're just kind of, hey, you know what? That make us believe in ourselves, believe in our capabilities. We saw what hard work can do and can produce. We witnessed it and we said, you know what? I'm going to do that in my life. That became your blueprint perhaps for making money. Or it became your blueprint for staying fit. I had one that was a little bit more disempowering. As a as a young guy, man, fourth grade, fifth grade, I was, you know, I, I had trouble learning. I was dyslexic. I was hyperactive. I was fighting all the time as a result i was acting out as a result and ultimately the system and i blame the school systems for very little of this um it, they put me in a special ed class and that special ed class you know it's like wearing a, a large medal that said stigma on the front of it <laughs> of and, that, and, that, and it was in the shape of a little yellow bus you know what i mean right, <laughs> right. and i can laugh about it now but it was it was cruel and unusual to have to go through that experience because up to that point, you know, I was in, in class with, with everyone else who, quote, unquote, normal, right? Right. And so I became an outcast. And I can even remember friends calling me retard and, and saying I was stupid. And as a result, I began to believe that. So what ah. I was downloading, right, was this blueprint. I had this whole map, this path, you might say. And the path led to an ultimate outcome based on a decision I was making Based on those blueprints, which was, hey, you're going nowhere. You're gonna fail in life. You might as well separate yourself from the rest of society because that's who you are. And of course, as a result, what manifested along the way was more and more trouble in school. Ultimately, getting my my first Harley Davidson when I was uh, my God, I was in tenth grade. Nice. I mean, just you know, tenth grade riding my who's riding Harley Davidson. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Great. I can't even the rebels, remember. man. You were a rebel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Truly. I mean, I guess I was for the most part. Sure. And, and, you know, and I, again, I can look back at it now with some humor. Uh, but at the time, I was like deadly serious about it because I did feel like an outcast. You know, in the outlaw biker community, they wear patches that says one percenter. And one percenter is one percent of one percent of one percent of society. The outcasts, the rebels, you might say. And I sort of identified with that. And, of course, you know, with no one else to ride my choppers with, I started looking for guys to ride with. And as a result, went to these different bars in New York City, saw, you know, five, six, ten motorcycles out front, ultimately did connect with that community, with the outlaw biker community. And that blueprint, that path, you might say, for the next five years, that was the path. And here's the thing. Here's the distinction about this. Sometimes we think we're on the right path based on some – idea, some semblance of, of uh, a concept of where we're going on this path. And for me, even though, yes, I felt like a rebel, yes, I felt like one of these one percenters, I felt like an outcast, like I didn't fit in, like I was stupid and this is where I belonged. what I was really looking for was connection. Mm. I was looking for love. I was looking for brotherhood. I was looking for some semblance of strength, power that I could find in myself, feeling powerless all those years in school. Here it is. Here's the power. Here's the strength. And when I saw those first outlaws on with the big chopper handlebars and the, and the horned helmets, I said, that's it, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you can imagine. At 10, 10, 15 years old, I'm like, this is it. And it wasn't long before that's where I started to go. But I thought that's what it was about. When I got on that path, I said, this is the connection. This is the brotherhood this is what I'm looking for. right? But as it turns out, of course, we don't always get on the right path based on our perceptions
1: and even our desires. Right, bro. And, 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 and thank God you're still around to talk about it today. I mean, because man, things could have ended up uh, very differently than they have in, in a lot of different respects. I mean, the guys you're hanging out with, I mean, that's, that's it is, you know, your desire and your need to belong. And I think we all have it. You're yeah. certainly not alone. We, we're all in this place. But to have the desire to belong and and have that camaraderie and that love and that belonging and all these types of things are just so critically important to us and a lot of times we just don't even realize it We wouldn't even see it you know mm-hmm. it just begins to run us and in this case it did with you and man you got into the packets it's like son of anarchy you know I love that show son <laughs> of anarchy and because it's you know it's all about that camaraderie I it mean was. yes it's dark and yes it's violent and, and yeah, I mean, it's bad in a lot of respects, but the thing that I do love about it, and I think what you got back in the day was the camaraderie, like having your brothers who truly watch your back is.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. And I got to tell you, man, you know, as much as it was, there was a, uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of negativity, uh, darkness and, and, and really bad energy and in some cases, evil energy. Yeah. Um, it was I've never quite since and I'm just being completely honest, never quite since experienced that sense of brotherhood and loyalty. I mean, you talk about having your back, man. Yeah. You guys have your back. And it's it's so interesting because I read a book a few years ago uh, a few years ago called Under and Alone. And it was about a uh, uh, FBI uh, agent who infiltrated one of the most notorious outlaw bike clubs in the, in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. And he became one of the hierarchy. He became sergeant at arms, I believe it was. And what happened was along the way over this three to five year period, which is about the time I was involved in this community as well, about five years. So over this three to five year period that he was in, under and alone, you might say, he began to resonate more with that community because when, uh, when there was a death in his family, his brothers came to his side. They were there for him. The patch on the back brought them together as one brotherhood, and he didn't feel that with his other brothers in the police department, in the FBI. Sure. And yeah. he began to resonate more with that side, and it became a tremendous conflict. And I got to tell you, I had that same conflict. Hmm. And ultimately I realized after a few uh, eye-opening events that this was not – the path I needed to be on. And then ultimately, I was better than this and decided to take a different path. So it happens. You know, maybe you're on a path right now that is just not quite where you want to go. And the other thing you can do, which I did, and I know Travis can share his experience in this realm as well, because guys, you may be on a path right now. And I'm talking about maybe it's a path where, you know what, maybe your business is doing incredibly well. Or maybe it's not doing as well as you thought. And maybe you're starting to feel like, you know what, maybe it's never going to happen for me. Or I don't know what to do with my time. I've lost my passion, my energy. And you're on a path now where you're drinking too much alcohol, you're chasing strippers, you're going to strip clubs, any number of different things that may not be empowering and it's certainly not serving you, your family, or your business. And here's the thing, man. One of the things that I started to do about three or four years into that lifestyle, I began to look down the road. I began to look down that path further down the road, you, a year from now, two years, where is this going? And I started to look at the guys next to me. And it seemed like most of the guys that had been in that tribe, in that club for years looked old, beat up, worn out. They were walking around with canes. And I literally stood at the bar one night looking around and saying, is this the path I'm on? Is this who I'm becoming? And you know what? It was an eye-opener, man. you got to look down the road, project further down the road on the path you're on now and see where it's going to take you. Because if it's not taking you where you ultimately want to go or it ends badly, you got to
1: get off and find a new path, man. I love it, man. And and I think a, a key point around that as well is the guys that you're hanging out with. So you know, you you look down the road. You look at these guys that have been on that path, maybe a yes. little longer than you. And man, they were haggard and oh. I mean, just beat up. And you're like, man, if I continue down this path, you, you know the you know where you're headed. You know what's in store for you. So seeing that, and then just waking up. So what was it? What was that defining moment? You know that had you look at these guys and look down that path and say, you know what, I'm out of here, and I'm going to do something else. And and how were you able to make that shift and then also to find the new direction of the new? Yeah, uh,
0: it's interesting because it was a moment. I mean, literally, I mean like I said, it'd been, it'd been leading up to that particular moment for probably a year or longer um, based on what I was projecting and what I was seeing. But there was a very definitive moment in, in a bar, in a clubhouse, and there was a big uh, bar out there. It was just made of plywood and, you know, just held together with duct tape and it was painted green like some old industrial bar building green, not even an attractive green. We called it the green goblin because it just literally, you stepped up to that bar and you didn't, you didn't walk away. You crawled away. Like (laughs) it was taking life. And and I stood there looking across, you know, at this beat up old broken mirror at myself. And, and, and I started to see. I mean, literally whether it was my unconscious mind or my higher spiritual self or, you know, divine intervention, I, I saw myself 10, 15 years down the road and maybe it's, maybe it's really what I looked like. Cause I was only in my early twenties, but I looked terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And I, and I just, it was that moment. It was that, that finding moment. That's it enough. And I literally heard a voice. And like I said, I don't know if it was divine intervention, my higher spiritual self or God literally sending me a message. It's time. It's time to walk away. It's time to make that decision. It's time to find the courage to step away from this. You're better than this. Uh-huh. And I did. And when I stepped away, of course, I was given you know, definitive proof that it was the right move because within moments, someone had knocked the uh, double-barrel shotgun off the bar and uh, hit the ground. It blew a hole in the very spot that I had been standing just
1: moments before. No I turned way. and walked
0: away, headed for that door, huh. glanced back for a second. I saw that shotgun go off and blow that hole through the bar.
1: So it literally would have like blown your head off if you would have been standing there. I would
0: have been I would have been done. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be here today. So but it was one of those defining moments, you know. Yeah. You just knew it was the right it was the right thing to do. And I and, and ultimately for me anyway, it was how do I get back on the right path? How do I find my way back to civilization, to society? Right. It started by getting back in the gym. It started by getting back in, rebuilding and honoring the physiology that had gotten me this far, but I was so dishonoring and eating healthy and starting to train. And that ultimately led to, and again, this is part of finding that path. What do you love? What do you enjoy? What do you get satisfaction in life doing? And for me, it was lifting weights and pursuing greatness in the area of
1: physical fitness. And ultimately, that was the path I wound up taking. I love it, man. You, you found your power. I mean, that really was it. As you, you really begin to identify where your power was and how to spend your time and your focus to be able to create more of that and to generate yeah. more of that. Yeah. Well, you, it's interesting because you, Travis, and you know, I mean, I, I just don't want to,
0: I can't let this concept of what we're talking about today, finding your path or getting back on the right path again, slip by without talking about your journey because man, I mean, you talk about a path I mean you were on a particular path and this is and this is by the way, the, the path that you stepped on is is like the path that most men want to step on, which is making a lot of money, working for a great company, driving a terrific car, living in a terrific place. boom you're on the path you're going to make it, this is it. in fact, in many respects, you hadn't made it but uh-huh
1: something derailed you, didn't it, man? I mean, just absolutely. It's, it's so funny because, you know, I hear your story and, and it's just like so fascinating. And I'm like, oh my God, my story is so the exact opposite of that. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I I grew up, you know, the whole, you know, entrepreneur and parents saying, you know, you need to go to college. You need to get a successful job. You need to be, you know, make the money. And, and you know, growing up in Orange County, California, where it's just so materialistic. You know, everybody's driving Beamers and they're, you're driving sobs, and they're just, you know, they, they've they got all this material thing going. On. It's such a different mindset altogether, but that was my upbringing. You know, that was the path of what I saw as a very young boy growing up, and I thought, well, this is it. So, uh, you know, exact opposite of you. I, I went to school, went to college in Boulder in, in Colorado, graduated, immediately went to work for Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor mm-hmm. and a stockbroker in Orange County um, worked really hard, you know, built the business over five years, built it up to over $120 million in, in client's assets that I was managing and, you know, super, super stressful and very similar to your experience. What I began to do is, you know, I just started getting burned out and I was in my early twenties, you know, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And at that age to start getting burned out is, uh, you know, it is an issue. Hey, <laughs> and I began seeing that. I same saying. I looked around. I started seeing some of the other brokers that had been there ten, fifteen, twenty years, and they were probably as haggard and as weathered as the guys you were hanging out with. <laughs> in the bar, you they know, were just better. Of, sh-
0: they were just better shaved. Yeah, they they just yeah they drove better cars maybe and had yeah, a little more
1: yeah. money. But man, they were worked. And I and I saw that. I'm like, man, this is just not the path that I want to continue to go down. It's It's great to have the money and have the fancy title on my business card and to live in beautiful Orange County, but I just got so burned out, and it really just – it was a shock to my system – but that really had me getting to wake up to this whole opportunity of having a home-based business or what I call a lifestyle business to be able to make a difference for people, to be able to work within your passion and your purpose. And you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that, how to find all that kind of stuff. But it really, it was out of necessity. Like you, I just completely burned out of being a financial advisor and just all the stress and the responsibility and the pressure that went along with that. I remember one day I was I was living in in, uh, Laguna Beach, actually Corona Del Mar. So I was driving to work, and I was driving through Laguna Canyon Road, which if you've ever been there, is just gorgeous and just so pretty, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Driving to work, you know, I was like 6 in the morning, so the sun was just coming up. And and I remember looking out at this nature, and I was like, man, I am just – I've got to find something where I'm not just – hammered so hard and i've got to get up so early i've got to work these 10 12 hour days on a consistent basis and just find a way to be able to leverage my time to be able to create the lifestyle that i truly want which is much more about freedom and i began at the time and again this is early 90s seeing what charles schwab our competitors were doing with their online trading and how they were building lists and how they were communicating with people i thought you know what there's something to this and so I started doing research, one thing led to another, and I just got so excited about the internet that, man, I got in in full force and built lists and built businesses and training products and programs and taught other people how to do the same, and what it allowed me to do is to move to where I am now, which is Steamboat Springs, a little mountain town in Colorado, and I think the most important thing is, yes, now not only do I serve my clients and support our guys... But it's all about having that lifestyle because, as you'd mentioned, not only did I burn out financially from Merrill Lynch, but I also went through some health challenges. Uh, I was diagnosed with stage four melanoma, skin cancer, about 15 years ago. Went through uh, four rounds of chemo, I lost all my hair, my skin melted, I mean they gave me a 50% chance of living beyond two years, I mean it it was a really scary time. Looking back on, I'm like, ah, what a miracle it was because just like with you, Tom, I mean, just like when the shotgun went off, I mean, that was like the defining moment Mm -hmm. in so many respects for you. The defining moment for me was having that cancer, losing all my money. You know, I had to move in with my parents into their basement and pretty humbling for a guy, you know, earning six figures living in Orange County, California, you know, on top of the world. But to lose it all, to lose all the stuff, the finances, which, of course, at that point was my entire identity. And the reason behind this story and really kind of making this connection here, guys, is if you're listening and if I think so many of us have our identities, you know, who we are is so tied to what we do for a living or how we spend our time. And if things change and if things shift as they do and and they will, and they will continue to, as we continue to move forward and grow. You know, when you've got your identity tied so closely to, in my case, it was money. You know, growing up in Orange County, it's like, you know, the car you drive and the title on your business card is like how valuable you are, right, in, in other people's eyes. It's like, you know, well, what do you do? It's, you know, I love the distinction between Orange County and here in Steamboat, you know, in Orange County, you ask the question, so what do you do? And out there, it's like, well, I'm a mortgage broker, I'm a financial advisor, Mm -hmm. I'm an attorney, or I'm a this or that. Whereas in Steamboat, and the reason why I'm here is the question is, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I snow ski in the morning, I work a couple hours in the afternoon on the phone, then I hike with my buddies in the afternoon, then I hang out with my wife and play with my dog at night. So it's two different distinctions in terms of values and what's important to you. And I think for me, that's what made the major shift was, of course, you know, going to the math, you know, number one is burning out at an early age from my financial job, you know, with Merrill Lynch, realizing there was something else, then going through the whole health scare and losing all my money. So again, losing my entire identity and starting from scratch, which is a scary place. And guys, if you're in this place right now, and if you feel like you've been beat up, you know, we certainly have, all of us have over the last four and five years, you know, if you still feel like you're in a fetal position and if you're hiding under your desk and you're just like, oh shit, I can't get out of here, man. I don't know what that first step is. I mean, path is great. And I understand your stories. And, but how do I get out? You know, how do I make that first step? That's the critical aspect you know, yeah. being able to gain that clarity and gain that confidence to begin to move forward.
0: And, and it's such a powerful story in terms of that because when we lose it all, sometimes, you know what? It depends on our perspective. And this is the in terms of how you deal with that, how you bounce back from that. Some people never are able to bounce back right. from losing that sense of their identity. You know, for me, I had to reinvent that sense of idea. I identified with being an outlaw. That's who I was. It was cool. It was bad. If I was part of society, man, I would had no real value. Value them for the most part. So here's something to leave you with, guys. Don't necessarily look for your purpose just yet. Now, listen, you may already know what that is, and perhaps you're just on the wrong path in terms of achieving that sense of purpose and, and achieving that that mission, you might say. But I would recommend that you don't have to look for it. Don't strain yourself to try and find it. Instead, just look for how you want to judge your life. How will you know? Or how do you know whether you're living? life to the full or wasting it. How do you judge that? You need to find your perspective. Forget about finding the path. Your path will present itself when you find your perspective on life and whether or not you're living life to the fullest or if you're wasting it. And again, living life to your fullest doesn't necessarily mean you're off gallivanting and uh, doing Healy skiing and taking massive used vacations or living in a multi-million dollar home. That doesn't necessarily quantify this. What quantifies it is your perspective on how you want to live your life and if you're doing that or not. Right. And if not then it's time to maybe change the path and get right.
1: and, and I think it really, it comes down to values. You know, what's important to you in terms of your values? And I know we've heard values before and we've read the books and we've listened to tapes. And we've been to the seminars talking about values and the importance of values. And, but it really is. I mean, that is if you could spend some time and, and I guess that would be number one, a question as well as a challenge for you. You know, everybody listening in is just to sit back and to think about what's important to you now, mm-hmm. today, because we all change. You know, Tommy, your values way back in the day was, you know, being an outlaw, being in a badass, being in the camaraderie, driving a cool Harley. Today, your, your values are very different. I, mine as well. Back in the day, my values was just money. How much money can I make? Money equals success. Whereas today, it's all about gratitude and service and hard work and fun and adventure and a completely different place. So guys, here would be a place to start is asking yourself, you know, what path are you on? What path are you on right now? Are you are are you on a good path? Are you on a path that works for you, that serves you? Or if not, you know, maybe start to step outside of that and look for some alternatives, and it really does come back to your values. What do you hold valuable now? Is it relationships? Is it contribution? Is it service? Is it gratitude? Is it love? Is it hard work? Is it, you know, what is it? What is truly important to you? And as you begin to just think about it a bit, again, you don't have to rack your brain too hard. You know, we're, we're not asking for too much here. We just want you to sit back and think a little bit about this. That's when your whole passion will begin to line up and then the path will begin to become much more clear in terms of what your next step is. You don't feel like you've got to know what that next step is. What we want to do is just begin to clear the fog in terms of the values that are important to you today.
0: Absolutely. And when you're standing on, listen, all of us at some point, perhaps right now, this moment for you, you're standing on what we call that scary precipice of change. And when you look out beyond that precipice and you see nothing but fog, you don't know how far the other side is. You don't know how deep that precipice is. And you're afraid to leap. The path maybe has changed. Maybe it's come to an end right here. How do you get to the other side? You start asking yourself the right questions and you start asking yourself, what are my values? Even if you just identified the the most important thing in your life right now, what is it? What's that one thing? And if the path you're on currently doesn't serve that or doesn't serve you in that respect, then it's time to make that change. Hey, that's about all the time we've got, guys. Thanks for joining us again here on Epic Men Radio. We want to encourage you to go to epicmen.com and, number one, download. Get your copy while they're still available of the Epic Men Manifesto. You can also, you know, contribute to that blog. We want to hear from you. We want you to challenge us as well. What kind of shows you want to hear? What kind of format? Man, we'd love you to be part of our tribe. So go to epicmen.com, download the manifesto, and let's take on this quest together.
1: That's how winning is done. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Now get off your ass and give us a review on iTunes. And make sure you subscribe to and share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can also find us at epicmen.com.